One of the first experiences I had with the collegiate was when I walked into Wesley Hall and it smelled old and it has this like old library kind of scent to it. Welcome to Hallowed Halls, a podcast about the University of Winnipeg Collegiate. Episode six, The Experiment. Walking in to Wesley Hall, I felt like I was in a castle, literally. I would never have been where I am today if it, it were not for the University of Winnipeg Collegiate. Never. It changed my life completely. I, I was so grateful and remain so grateful that it gave me that grounding and that start. I've certainly left part of my heart at, at, in Wesley Hall. The Collegiate needs to be what the world is, but just within the walls of Wesley Hall. That's what the Collegiate needs to be. The Collegiate does reflect the city and the society that it's in. And I'm sure that's always been the case. I had no idea what the collegiate was. I knew for a fact that I'd walked across the collegiate lawns and I'd seen people who I thought were too young to be university students. This is Joseph Tafasa. He was a model school student at the collegiate, just like Iraq Levasseur, who we heard from in previous episodes. Joseph graduated from the school in 2017. And you sort of felt like you were walking into a tradition. And coming from the streets of Winnipeg, it felt like you're walking into a whole different world, which it is in many ways. Uh, but it, it seemed like there was like a tear in the whole space-time continuum. Like me being in that building, I was like, what is going on? How is this a thing? I had never expected that in Winnipeg. In the last episode, we heard from Ian Elliott, director of the model school, about what the program is all about. But I asked Joseph what the model school meant to him. Model school really felt like a launching pad to me, uh, or at least that's how, that's how I experienced the model school. It was not a place that I thought I would be at all day, every day, go there straight after my classes and then leave and go straight to my class. It, it was never like that for me. Um, but I do know that I have classmates who needed that space to be able to recharge and to be able to, again, face another day. For the students who found their niche in the collegiate, then I guess we could say they were very well integrated. And for those who were still figuring it out, then they always had a space and a place that they could go to where they were understood and heard. And they could talk about things that weren't of the norm in Winnipeg, right? I mean, the, the experiences that they bring in are definitely different. I remember after one history class, we learned uh, a lesson and it wasn't necessarily, or at least my friend hadn't thought that it very well portrayed her people. And that's not really a conversation that you feel entirely comfortable to bring up in a collegiate classroom where you know you're the only model school student. Uh, but she'd mentioned it uh, when we were grabbing lunch and we all just sort of like understood. Not that I had experienced my history being represented, but we kind of knew where that was coming from. And there was that implied trust uh, and I'd, at least I never felt like she was trying to attack the collegiate's integrity or its history or any of that. It was just, I mean, she'd come from a different world and sometimes the collegiate might feel like a place that's not made for you, but then the Mars school reminds you that it absolutely is and you do have a place in it and this is why. Joseph really embraced the collegiate while he was a student there. He was involved in extracurriculars and sport, including some things that he would have never tried before the collegiate. When they introduced the music program with choir, that was also a big thing 
that I discovered I I did not know how how big I was into singing with a group of people that 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 was not something I ever pictured myself doing but it was so much fun and anytime I get an opportunity to join a choir singing classical or more contemporary songs that come from like so like the international sphere I get really excited because it brings back those memories of uh, participating in something the unknown I mean getting 50 people to sing one song in a number of parts and do it well that's it's such a great thing to be a part of and I think with the music we were able to tap into something that words just couldn't and I'd always known that in theory but it got me on a path where the next year after graduating when someone offered to teach me how to play guitar I took them up and we did it every Saturday for a year and that's my most favorite instrument and I take it with me everywhere I go mm. right and it's like there's there's a certain aspect of music that it captures something that you feel but can't put into words I've got an uh, entrepreneurial streak that I think the the collegiate institution as a whole has sort of brought out and I've been exercising that uh, a lot more one of the ways the collegiate supported Joseph's entrepreneurial streak was by letting him start his own club for himself and other students. It was initially called the Computer Science Club. It started as an opportunity for my friends and I to come together and discuss computer science and play with robots and to be able to uh, talk about what these implications could be. And so like priming ourselves for really understanding what the effects of our own work is, because that's apparently not something engineers do often. And I found out why it can be helpful to talk about what you're building and you really think through what the effects could be, right? So we had people who weren't computer science students come in and they'd go, well, have you thought about how it would affect, you know, the younger generation of children? And we'd go, why would it affect? Oh yeah, it would. Right. Why didn't we think of this? Right. And so it gets you going. And uh, it was, that was, that's what it was for me. Since graduating from the collegiate, Joseph has continued to pursue his passion for computers. He's currently studying software engineering at the University of Waterloo. I'd seen a computer for the first time when I was 12 years old, and I thought they were just so cool. I mean, to be able to have this thing that you could tinker around with and it would do stuff, I thought that was pretty fascinating. And uh, for a few years, I was convinced that the computer was smarter than me. And then my mom was like, no, no, you're actually smarter than the computer because the computer can't do this or that or that, and it can't think. And I thought, well, they can definitely do these multiplications more than I can. And it would take me a while to do those. And so it got me thinking about computers and how or, or even why we'd want them to think. I, I major in software engineering, but I minor and spend a lot of time on cognitive sciences. So I like to study how the brain works and how people work and what makes cognition cognition, what makes thought thought, and how does this relate to what we have as computers and you know, why do people know ethics? Why do they have a conscience? And can we instill those values in computers? Because if, if we don't, then we're basically asking them to wipe us out. Uh, and so that sort of intersection is really fascinating. Joseph is one of many former collegiate students who are succeeding in STEM fields. Plenty of students have discovered a love of science while at the collegiate. And for those already passionate about the sciences, the collegiate has nurtured that passion. Here's Parminder Singh Gill, who graduated from the school in 2011. What happened was, was that I had, from my previous junior high, I had experienced this euphoric rush of, of, of doing science projects. And I felt that, you know what, let's really ramp this thing up. I'm gonna enter the school, 
I'm going to do another one because I'm curious, and I, that's something that everyone says about me. I'm a, I'm a curious George, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a project that not only is going to satisfy some of that curiosity, but we can do it and we can represent a school, a school that I very quickly fell in love with. So here I am in uh, Miss Tarr's class. She was a biology teacher, and I pitched the idea to her. And again, she was so loving. She said, absolutely, let's give this a shot. We laid out a plan. And the project was about Bacillus megatherium. So this is, a, this is a microbe. And what we were trying to do was we were trying to assess if we can expedite its ability to compost waste if we introduced curcumin into its diet. We embarked on this journey. She took me under the wing. She supervised me after hours. Um, she spent so much time sitting in that back room lab in the chemistry, uh, the chemistry lab at the collegiate, which is in the basement of Wesley Hall, along with just ex additional time around lunch and afterwards, answering my questions and providing me guidance because she absolutely helped me take that project to the next level. I mean, long story short, if it wasn't for her, I'd never would have reached where I had reached. But that project, thankfully, was so successful that I ended up winning best fair for multiple categories, I got gold medals, and I still remember walking away feeling so, like I felt a sense of accomplishment. I remember coming back from the fair, seeing her, telling her the results, give her a big hug and I couldn't express to her what she meant in that whole process. Parminder credits the collegiate for helping to steer him down the right path. Prior to arriving at the school, he says he felt pulled in many different directions. Born in Winnipeg, the only of my siblings, so we got five siblings, I'm the youngest, and I was the first one that was born in Canada. So I'm a, a Canadian born 1993 model and when I was growing up here, it was a very interesting kind of experience with trying to figure out what my identity was, how I related to Canada, even though I was born in Canada. It was almost like living in two different parallel universes. At home, uh, it was Punjabi. It was, you know, Bhangra music. Um, it was a lot of Vision TV on Sundays, which is like the national broadcaster for India and Punjab. And then on you know Monday to Friday, it was hanging out with my friends, playing Blade Blades, Yu-Gi-Oh, and trying to understand uh, you know what it meant to eat a, a non-veg hot dog because we only ate vegetarian at home, and why everyone was infatuated with hockey. Uh, so so it's kind of an interesting kind of a dichotomy. When he arrived at the collegiate, Parminder met with Robert Bend, who was the dean at the time. This initial meeting turned out to be pivotal. I feel like. Uh, Dean Bend is like a, a grandmaster chess player, right? Because he, he, I think he knew my next move before I knew my next move. And the reason I say that is here I am probably sitting across from him telling him that I want to be a doctor, which is very stereotypical. It's a typical narrative of most communities. They want their kids to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. Trust me, it's a great idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> the job market supports this idea. However, 
I can't imagine a worse scenario where your competency lies in multiple different fields, you're forcing yourself to go down one of these three traditional paths, and ultimately you won't realize your potential and maybe what was a greater passion of yours. So here I am entering the collegiate, re regurgitating that I, the first generation Canadian of our family, is gonna grow up to be a doctor because doctors make big bucks. Essentially what happens is, is I think he recognized over the course of my two years at the collegiate that Parminder is limiting himself by saying that. No point did he tell me not to become a doctor. He encouraged me to you know, go after any and all courses that interested me. I took courses with Mr. Kurnelson, Conflict Resolution, Miss Dewick, English teacher. She's the one that educated me on what the Beatles are. What I'm trying to say is I think Dean Bend saw that there was a lot of potential to try and kind of nurture the different curiosities I had. In grade 11, I got nominated to be part of the, the Group Young Leaders Conference. So this is a conference that was held in Washington, New York. I met students from all around the world and we learned about international diplomacy. Imagine an experience like that. It's, it's a once in a lifetime experience. These are opportunities that I cannot quantify. They have absolutely changed the fabric of who I am and they transform me. After leaving the collegiate, Parminder studied economics at the University of Winnipeg, and he continued to be involved in leadership roles in many different organizations, including by starting a nonprofit called Sikh Heritage Manitoba, which advocates for Sikhs in Manitoba on the provincial level. And he now works for a prominent land developer in the city. He says his openness and confidence about trying different things goes back to the approach to learning at the collegiate. You know, I feel like the collegiate is in generally could be described as an experiment of many things. We, we had a partnership with a model school, which was trying to attract talent from the inner city. We had a partnership with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. So what made the collegiate amazing was that it was, it was experimental. RWB was definitely my home, but the collegiate still has a special place in my heart because I went there for four years. This is Riley Kraus. She graduated from the Collegiate in 2017 and was part of the Royal Winnipeg Ballet's professional division. Some people really just go there for a year and if you go two hours, not every day for a year, it, you don't get that. But I went there for four years. Um, at the beginning, it's very, I feel it's very segregated with ballet kids versus non-ballet kids especially in the, be the beginning, like in grade nine, you just stick to what you know. Um, but in the later years, like grade 11, grade 12, especially when I was injured, because I wasn't dancing. So I wanted to kind of branch out so I would actually talk to people. For, for a ballet kid, that's like a big step to like talk to the regular collegiate kids. I would try and branch out. And I think that's where I, got that feeling of the collegiate, like that was actually my school and not just the place I went to learn. We learned about the connection between the collegiate and the RWB a couple episodes ago, when we heard from Tara Burtwistle, former prima ballerina and current associate artistic director at the RWB. Tara went to the collegiate in the 80s, and some things have changed about the ballet training program since then. 
I asked Riley what a day in her life looked like while she was at the school. I lived in the residence. So the residence is attached to the ballet building because God forbid you want to go outside in winter. So we would just wake up. We would go to dance in the morning and dance from 8.30 to like 12, sometimes one. And we would have lunch and then we would go to the collegiate for two hours minimum, really just taking our core classes like math and science and English. And and then we would get back to the studios and we would have rehearsals till like seven or 8 p.m. Somehow eat dinner. I don't know where that happened. And then we would have to do homework. Um, When you're a bit younger, we have study hall. So it's like half an hour of like very quiet. They make sure you're doing your homework to kind of instill that responsibility. Um, And then somehow get seven or eight hours of sleep and do it all over again. (laughs) Having such a busy schedule and being so engrossed with the ballet, I wondered whether Riley felt she could relate to other students at the collegiate. Yes and no. I think they found it interesting. So it was cool to talk about that with them because they always found it intriguing. But I did kind of separate two worlds. Like ballet talk is, it's like its own language. If I talked to friends that I had at the collegiate, I could just be a regular teenager and then talk to them about my regular teenager problems, right? Mm -hmm. So I am kind of both, and we're all both, right? Um, Us ballet students. Some people give off the vibe that they're just like purely ballet, but we're still like humans, so we try and interact as humans as well. (laughs) After leaving the RWB's professional division, Riley did a two-year program meant to help dancers transition from being students to being professionals. And as of just a few months ago, Riley is working as a professional dancer at the Ballet de Barcelona in Spain. I didn't even know where I was going to be in August. And I came here just the end of September because COVID, so many of my auditions were canceled. So I wasn't able to kind of advertise myself. That's what we are as dancers. We were a brand. We try and advertise ourselves and I couldn't find work or study. Luckily, Ballet de Barcelona, they accepted me just by what I sent online. I traveled here in COVID with just two suitcases and left. I had to say goodbye to Winnipeg. I had been in Winnipeg 13 years total of my life, so it was really hard to say goodbye. I asked Riley what advice she would give to other aspiring dancers who are planning on attending the collegiate. I would say you're also a regular person. You're not just a ballet kid. Like you can go to the school and you can talk to the other kids because they're not as scary as they seem. I think that's really important that we, we branch out because I am the person I am today because I had friends and I had people to talk to outside of the ballet, right? Because that kind of made, it kept me sane a little bit, not, you know, being ballet, ballet, ballet. I'm also a regular human being. So being able to branch out and talk to the regular kids at school. (laughs) Well, we are nearing the end of this series. 
we've covered one and a half centuries and learned about a few of the hundreds of students who have walked the hallowed halls of the castle on Portage Avenue. But before we wrap things up, I wanted to reach out to a friend who I met at the Collegiate to reflect a bit on our friendship and our time at the school. Could you just like introduce yourself in the way that you would like to be known and identified? <laughs> Ooh, hi, I'm Cassidy. I'm Cassidy Mann. Um, I'm a musician and a music producer and songwriter. And I was a student at the Collegiate. From the moment that I started, I always knew that it was just going to be a big deal, I think, because all of my other friends from elementary and middle school were going to the St. Norbert High School. So we just had entirely different high school experiences. And I knew from the get-go that I was going to have a different experience. And I just was like so excited to be downtown and to meet people from all over the city. And I think that's like a big part of it. I think meeting people from all over the place kind of changed the outcome of my life, definitely my friendships. And yeah, it just seemed to fit more with my personality. I was just always like wanting to connect with like people all over the place. And I didn't really just want to stay in St. Norbert, I guess. It's been a few years now since we've graduated from the collegiate. So we've both changed a bit since our time at the school. But I asked Cassidy what kind of student she thought she was at the collegiate. Like I was a very academic person in middle school and I just really cared a lot about learning and I always felt bored in all of my classes. <laughs> and I was like, I want to learn things that are interesting, that kind of challenge me. And like every year there was always new things that were coming up. Like I actually went back the other day and I looked at some of my collegiate yearbooks because <laughs> mm. I found them. And there were so many clubs and I was involved in a lot of different clubs. And it was like every year I was like, ooh, what can I do this year? What can I join? I was like such a go-getter. It was huh. it was crazy. Like what, what, what clubs were you involved in? So the first club that I was a part of that I never expected when I went there was Improv Club, which I think oh. I've told you about. I don't know if you have. Well, I had never heard about Improv Club before I went to the collegiate. I had never heard about improv, period. Yeah. And... It must have been the first week that I was there. I saw like a sign for the for the auditions. And I was like, I have no idea what this is, but I'm just going to like go and see what it's like. And everyone on the team ended up being in like 11th and 12th grade. And I was like a ninth grader. I was the only ninth grader on the team. <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying, but like super fun. And I did it every year and I loved it. Although Cassidy and I are great friends today, we actually didn't really connect in high school. We knew of each other, but didn't really talk much until after we graduated. While she was involved in improv and other clubs, I kept myself busy as the editor of the school newspaper. I remember feeling at the time like you were very serious about the newspaper. And I think I was nervous to even contribute anything because I didn't know if I would like meet the standards of the newspaper. I was like, I'm not really a writer. I'm not really like, I don't. Yeah, I was I was scared. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry. I should have been more like uh, I think it's more of a self-doubt thing. No, it had nothing to do with you. I've been told that I was quite unapproachable at that age because I think I was I was far too serious for like a 16-year-old. Um, and I probably was like, this newspaper has to be like 
so good and professional and meanwhile who cares i was definitely serious in my own regard i was like releasing music and i was trying to do it very seriously which is probably maybe had to do with why you thought i was cool but it was really (laughs) again i'm just a perfectionist so cassidy has gone on to pursue music professionally and attended school in ontario to study audio production i asked her how much she thinks the collegiate contributed to the path she's followed since high school I mean, it's impossible to say, right? Like maybe I would have already gone down a creative path, but I I do think that the collegiate actually had a big role in that because there were so many like artsy types of people that went there. And that's kind of what exposed me to it. Like I was playing music a little bit before I started there, but basically there was just a lot of people that were in bands. There were a lot of people that were playing shows and a lot of people that were super independently pursuing music and arts. Yeah, I think that just like encouraged me and inspired me to do that kind of stuff by myself. I think maybe I've like taken that sort of creative part a little bit for granted, maybe. And I just like assumed that all schools were kind of like that. But I feel like that's probably not the case. And like in my interviews for this project, I've talked to so many people who say that like the collegiate, even like back in the 60s, 70s, 80s was like always a super creative place and like attracted these creative people and creative thinkers and like sort of alternative thinkers. And yeah, I think it's so interesting because like I don't know what it is about the collegiate that like attracts that like what i remember is that i was drawn to it through the academic kind of side but i think there's something about being close to the university students like all of my theater classes and my drama classes and stuff were in the university drama building so we were always surrounded by older kids that were doing theater and drama Yeah, I think just being kind of in the middle of downtown too, you're kind of like in the center of a lot of events and stuff that's happening and it's really easy to become involved. The environment really encouraged everybody, I think, to be super independent in what they wanted to do. I want to like maybe like wrap things up by talking about like our friendship post-collegiate, which is like most of our friendship. Like pretty mm-hmm. much all of our friendship. Like, how did we actually become then friends after high school? We had a mutual friend. And I think we met a few times through that. But then what really kickstarted our friendship was that you wanted to start a book club. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. This is what, this is my recollection of it. You wanted to start a book club. And I always am down for a book club. So I think I messaged you and I was like, yes, I really want to be a part of this. And then we did like a couple small meetings <laughs> of the book club and then no one else really committed. And so then yeah. you and I just ended up hanging out a couple times talking about books and we just got on super well. Yeah. Um, Does all of this make sense with your, with how you remember things? Yeah. Although I, I did this happen before or after the book club, but in Toronto, when we happened to meet up, like we weren't planning on it, but we were oh both gosh, at a show course. and then we went, ended up going to a drag club in Toronto. Of course, of course. Was that before the book club? I think so. Yes, yes, that was before. <laughs> this makes so much sense. Okay, yes. I feel like that mm-hmm. was pretty pivotal too. Yeah, ignore what I said before. That was the real moment where we did become friends and we had yeah. like the best night ever. Yeah, it was a great night. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite memories. This is something that I'll say about the collegiate, actually. Yeah. Which I've never thought about before until right now. I think when you have like a bunch of kids that are coming from different parts of the city, 
and are like meeting each other and becoming friends, it forces you to be more active in your friendships because your your friends aren't all living in the same neighborhood as you. So you have to like reach out to people or you have to like drive out to go see them. And you kind of have to try harder to mm-hmm. like sustain that friendship. So then I think that moving away or even just after school period, sometimes people like drift apart from their high school friends. But I think I already had practice with keeping in touch with my high school friends in a weird way. So maybe mm-hmm. that like helps me now as an adult to keep in touch with people. Well, I'm certainly glad that we met at the collegiate and that we've uh, and that we've kept in touch. Okay, well, I think that's kind of it. Do you, uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about re- regarding the collegiate? I mean, no, not really. Perfect. Okay, I'm gonna stop recording now. That was the sixth and final episode of Hallowed Halls, a podcast about the University of Winnipeg Collegiate. On this episode, you heard from Joseph Tafisa, who graduated in 2017 and is now studying software engineering at the University of Waterloo. Parminder Singh Gill, who graduated in 2011 and now works for a prominent land developer in Winnipeg. Riley Krauss, who graduated in 2017 and now dances for the Ballet de Barcelona and Cassidy Mann, who graduated in 2013 and is a working musician in Winnipeg. The music you heard on this episode and throughout the whole series is by Lee Rosevere. For links to the songs featured on this episode and to hear more from Lee Rosevere, check out the show notes. We also heard a clip of the collegiate choir, including Joseph Tafisa, singing the folk song Singaba Hambayo. Thanks to the Collegiate's music director, Renice Mojinski, for sharing that clip. This podcast is produced by me, Isaac Werman, with the support from Dean Kevin Clace and Associate Dean Bonnie Talbot of the University of Winnipeg Collegiate. I want to thank Deans Clace and Talbot for trusting in me to tell the story of this school. It's been a lot of fun to learn about my old high school and to revisit some of my memories from my time there. And thanks, of course, to everyone else who has shared their stories for this project. To learn more about the Collegiate, you can visit collegiate.uwinnipeg.ca. And to learn more about me and my other work, you can visit www.isaacwerman.com. We acknowledge that the University of Winnipeg Collegiate is situated on Treaty 1 territory, ancestral lands of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We also acknowledge that our water is sourced from Shoal Lake 40 First Nation. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you've heard, please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. That's all for now.